0: Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Maggie Young, Director of Marketing and Distribution at Bluegrass Distillers. How are you doing today, Maggie? I'm
1: doing good, Andrew. Thanks for having me on the podcast.
0: It's my pleasure. Thanks for spending some time with us on Business Ninjas please tell us a little bit about yourself and about Bluegrass Distillers. Yeah,
1: of course. So um, Bluegrass Distillers is located in Lexington, Kentucky currently. So I've been with the company for six years. Uh, My background is marketing and management. I went to the University of Of Kentucky, which is in Lexington. And that's how I got connected with uh, the owners of Bluegrass Distillers. So I was the second full time employee when I um, came on full time in May of 2018. A lot's changed since then. So we started production back in 2012. We are on the Bourbon Trail, we're on the craft side of the Bourbon Trail in Kentucky. Um, We've been on the trail since 2017, and then later this year, we're actually moving our operations about 25 minutes up the road to a town called Midway, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Uh, Out there, we are going to expand our production capacity. Right now, we're doing about 300 barrels a year. Out there, we'll be able to do 30,000 barrels a year. We also grow our own grain out there. Our visitor center and gift shop is gonna be way better than what we have currently. So we'll be able to host more um, visitors on the bourbon trail and, and do a, a lot more. So um, yeah, we've, we've been around for, for quite some time, um, kind of got in before the craft bourbon trend really took off and now we're making this big jump. So there's, there's a lot happening at Bluegrass.
0: Excellent. Now 300 barrels a year. That's on the boutique side of things. That's, that's very light production.
1: Yes. Yeah. So we, you know, in 300 is a number that we hit last year. So when we first started, um, you know, some, some years it was less than hundred, some years it was, you know, 150. So the numbers would fluctuate um, that had to do, you know, with equipment and staffing Um since about 2021, we operate right now, we have four distillers, um, and they operate Monday through Friday, there's two shifts, and then Saturday and Sunday, there's one shift, and we're still, you know, getting less than a barrel a day. So um, it's going to be a huge, a huge change in what we're able to produce. And obviously, you know, from what, what our needs are. We, we need more than 300 barrels right now, um, just for our brands and for our growth, but we don't need 30,000 barrels. So when we move out here, um, we're actually going to be able to partner and work with other non-distiller producers or what we call NDPs and venture capital, um, venture capitalists who want to start their own companies and their own distill, you know, start distilling their own bourbon. So, um, there's, there's going to be a new side of the business that's going to come with the move as well um, to kind of fill in the gap for for everything that, you know, the space that we have um, that we're not going to be utilizing.
0: Excellent. So at the moment, in terms of distribution, how far and wide are Bluegrass Bluegrass products going?
1: That's a great question. Um, Our distribution is very interesting. So we are distributed in about six states right now. And not the states that you would think of. You know, we're right here in Kentucky, so you would think Indiana, Tennessee, Ohio, and kind of surrounding states. Um, our distri- our distribution, you know, we're down in Texas. Mm-hmm. We're in Nebraska, Michigan, Kentucky. We'll be launching in Georgia, um, DC area. I know I'm forgetting some, we work with some online retailers that are also able to ship, um, but what we look for for in a distribution, from a distribution standpoint, like I mentioned, you know, we, we've had a limited capacity for the past decade. So we need to work with a distributor who understands our limitations right now, but also wants to invest in us and believes in our company and our products and knows that five, six years from now, the issues that we're having, um, the barriers that we're having with, you know, being able to spend the money that we need to spend or the amount of product that they want, that those issues won't be issues anymore um, come a few years. So for us, when it it comes to distribution, we're not looking at, okay, let's get into all the states or let's get into the states surrounding us. It's really more about that partnership because with alcohol, you have to go through a three-tier system. So we sell to a wholesaler, and then their sales team sells to on and off-premise accounts. so on-premise accounts being bars and restaurants, off-premise accounts being, you know, retail stores. So you really gotta work with the middlemen, and they gotta, you know, believe in you because they're the people out on the floor selling it for you. So that's kind of why our distribution is is kind of spread out. Um, but you know it's it's mostly about finding the good fit versus, finding the state.
0: Understood. You live in a land of compliance that varies wildly state by state. Yes. Okay. Tell me about the origin story of Bluegrass Distillers. When did they come to be?
1: Yeah, so Bluegrass started in 2012. Um, There were three owners um, that founded Bluegrass Distillers. One, Sam Rock is still with the company. And then we have another um, owner, Ben Franzini, as well. So there's two owners now. But they founded Blair Stillers in 2012. Um, They actually, the founders worked together prior um, in another business, actually, in a tax company. And um, they kind of had moved away. Um, Sam had moved, you know, New York, Atlanta, and was moving back to Kentucky and they're just entrepreneurs, and they decided they wanted to get back into business together. Um, they didn't want to do, you know, the tax accounting anymore. Um, and Sam is a lawyer, and he's a general contractor, and he's a realtor, and he has his auctioneer license. So he just does a little bit of everything. Um, and behind every distillery, you, you will find a lawyer. You'll also find an engineer um, and been an engineer. So they um were interested in bourbon. And I mentioned earlier, you know, bourbon has been taking off, as as we all know. Um, if you look up Kentucky bourbon. There are, you know, it feels like once a month, they're announcing a new distillery that's opening in Kentucky. But in 2012, that wasn't the case. Um, You know, craft beer was still trending way up and craft spirits hadn't really gotten there yet. This is, you know, pre Tito's being, you know, the craft craft spirit, you know, vodka that has really blown up that we've seen. Um, so they actually learned from, from scratch, you know, they went, I think out to Colorado and took classes and learned how to distill and Sam knew, you know, about the compliance being a lawyer. Um, and then they found a location. We're actually still located there. It's um, the backside of a brewery in Lexington. So the, the zoning was good and they started the distillery. So, um, started it themselves you know there's not any investors behind it and that's still how we're operating so where a lot of distilleries who started around the same time as us 2012 2013 have expanded two to three times or you know at least their equipment they've gone from you know a 200 gallon still to 2,000 to 20,000 we um we are just doing this one big jump, so it, it's taken about ten years to kind of get to this point. Um, but yeah, they they just had had interest in bourbon, and they were from Kentucky. And if you if you ask anyone in the world or anyone who knows what Kentucky is, what we're known for, it's horse racing and bourbon. And uh, they knew nothing about horse racing and <laughs> also buying a thoroughbred and getting into yeah. the horse industry is uh, a, a lot of money. So is bourbon, but I think at the time they didn't really realize all that went into opening a bourbon distillery in the time, you know, there's, it's not like most businesses, you get it up, you get it running, you open your doors, there's, there's a waiting period. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Nobody so, likes six month old bourbon. You got, you got yeah. some time before you can open your doors. So yeah. as accountants, they went from consuming bourbon to uh, now distilling it. That's an interesting path. Right.
1: You know, yeah.
0: My personal experience that sort of might educate some people into the bourbon explosion is 15 years ago, I was a single malt drinker and the cost Mm -hmm. of single malts in the United States has probably tripled in that period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, The Japanese bought up McCollin and Highland Park and companies like that and started throttling uh, distribution in the States and the price of single malts got cost prohibitive. That's how I started to discover single barrel bourbons and, and boutique bourbons because it represented an incredible value in the product. So I got a feeling that that timing isn't just a coincidence, um, but hey, it's played into your hands and here you are about to expand 100 fold, right? From 300 barrels a year to 30,000. That's that's quite an undertaking. Mm-hmm. What makes Bluegrass stand out from its competition?
1: So Bluegrass, um, kind of going back to what I you know, was just discussing, like when we first started, there weren't a lot of craft distilleries. Um, there was the craft bourbon trail, and there was the bourbon trail, and you could do the craft bourbon trail in a weekend, maybe four or five days if you're going to space it out. And same with the bourbon trail. Now, I don't even know how many how many distilleries are on the you know whole bourbon trail between craft and um, the larger distilleries. It's got to be like sixty plus. Whoa. So that's something you know. As we've grown, we really have to think, you know, what, how do we differentiate who, who we are? Cause there are a lot of bourbons out there. And when we're here in Kentucky, we produce 95% of the world's bourbon. And yes, there are some big brands that produce, you know, the big brands might produce 85% of it, but now there's a lot of guys like us. Um, and so, you know, that's something, you know, with this move that we've been really talking about, how do we differentiate from from what everyone else is doing. Um, so at our new facility, you know, we are actually growing some of our own grain. So we'll have a whole grain-to-glass experience. Now, a lot of people try to source their grain as locally as possible, but I mean, we're talking our front yard. So we're actually growing our own blue corn out there, which is something else that is unique to us. We are the only distillery in Kentucky that produces a bourbon using strictly blue corn. So to be a bourbon, it's got to be made of at least 51% corn. So you're limited. Um, Then you either use wheat or rye, or you might use a blend and then use malted barley. And that's it so we kind of we we like to get creative with our mash bills as well um like the blue corn so we use blue corn and wheat um in that and that's something that's that brings in a lot of people because that's something that you most consumers have never had before um it, especially out of Kentucky you know there there are other distilleries across the country that produce blue corn products but we are the only Kentucky one um with, with our new equipment that we're getting in and our new barrels that we're getting in, they aren't the same barrels that other distilleries use. We're actually working with cooperages from all over the world, um, out in California, over in Spain. They're still American white oak, but the, the seasoning of the barrels and how they're made and, and things like that, um, that are different from competitors. Um, some of these barrels that we're getting from Spain, not as no one in America has had them. So this the Spanish cooperage only makes for wine. Uh, they're they mostly do wine manufacturing over in Europe. So we're getting the first American oak barrels from them. They're making them in in Spain and sending them over. And we're the only ones who are going to have them. Um, our still has a lot of capabilities that some of the traditional stills don't have. So that's kind of been our our big thing over the past year and a half is how are we different and how, how do we, you know, go from where we are now and, and to this move and be authentic and who we are, but also continue to progress. And I think a lot of times with bourbon, it's so rooted in tradition. And I think one of our advantages is that we want to be more innovative. So we, we honored the tradition of bourbon and what bourbon is. But we we always want to test boundaries and you know trying new mash bills, using different equipment, using different barrels, and, and get a little bit more innovative um than what, what's commonly done in the industry.
0: This is a great story, and it's you know the year of storytelling. What how are you getting the story out? What role has content played in the growth of bluegrass distillers?
1: Yeah, so content, um it's it's interesting being in our business as well you know we are connecting on many fronts so in kentucky a lot of it's tourism um you know then we're in different states and different states are different you know the what people consume say in like texas um versus the northeast or even in kentucky is going to be different um they get different holidays they you know it's hot down there right now. People aren't thinking about, about bourbon uh, as much. So, you know, content, um, we try to be very broad in our content. I, um, we actually have my coworker, Dani, Um, she is 22, 23, and she runs our social media. And in a way it's refreshing um, because she knows how to communicate with that younger generation. Um, we have a TikTok now, which actually does really well. You know, we post a lot of updates about the farm and, you know, that we're moving to, um, and that, and people go wild about that. So for, from a content standpoint, we try to, you know, post a range of of things, you know, our followers that have come to the distillery and know us, they care so much about, our growth and how we're changing and what we're doing, but then in these new states, it's all about. Look, we won this award, you know, and and we're doing this and we're award winning, and you know, it, you're you're trying to get the customer to buy into who you are into your brand, um. And so yeah, there you know, content is is super important, um, and kind of going back to you know the differentiating yourself, it, it's very important here in Kentucky because when people come here, they have the option to go to 60, 70 other places. And so um, your content, what you post really matters. And that's, and what they see, you know, all of our reviews are like, I saw good reviews on TripAdvisor Yelp. I saw, you know, their posts on social media. I saw they were moving and that's what brings people in. So you have to make sure, you know, what you're posting is going to connect with a wide range of people. So
0: Excellent. Well, I know that I used bourbon as a diplomatic tool last night. We are in our new home in Williamsburg, Virginia, and the neighborhood plays cornhole and the cul-de-sac right out front. So I made Kentucky mules and brought a tray out there and I'm all their new best friend now. So bourbon for its uh, diplomatic abilities as well.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's very, very true.
0: Well, fast forward a year from today. What are some things you'd like to be celebrating personally and professionally?
1: Oh man, we definitely want to be out at the new place. It's been uh, a journey, so we've been we've been um, out there since February 21 is when we took over control of uh, what we call the Elkwood or Elkwood Farm, and so hopefully a year from now, everything's done. Uh, it's going to be a phased move, so hopefully this time next summer we're fully up and running operational we've worked out the kinks there's always going to be kinks when you move and you have visitors out there you know with directing traffic or what tours are people are more interested in so my hope for for bluegrass is by this time next year we're we're fully out um, at our new location in Midway and have kind of worked through most of the the kinks um and you know professionally to um just, I, I don't know. I'm, I I know, but I don't know. It's like uh, my job is always changing and evolving and I love that about it. Um, but I, I do hope in a year to kind of be able to focus in more on on certain things that I do versus almost like everything, you know, right now I'm like, Hey, I'll come out and and paint these bars if that's going to make make us more <laughs> so i might be a painter right now and i really hope a year from now you know i'm able to focus a, a lot more on the brand and then building the brand and and i do that a lot but you know once once we're out there um i really hope that i can kind of turn my focus back to what i'm more passionate about um with bluegrass um but i'm learning a whole lot with this move so i don't take that for granted but um Professionally, I I would like to be able to spend all of my energy on on bluegrass and and, uh, the growth of our products.
0: As you expand your production 100 fold, I would assume that a lot of those hats that you've had to wear for the last few years would belong to some new people. And you get to be just the director of marketing and distribution, right?
1: Right. Right. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very broad title. So there's, there's, you know, there's, as, as we've talked, you've learned, there's a, a lot that goes into distribution, obviously with marketing too. It's not, you know, we're not just marketing to the tourists. We're also marketing to every state that we're in and, and individuals. And we're also in the you know wholesaling business of, we're going to fill barrels for people. We're going to help build brands for people. So we're we're bringing in new customers on that side too. So the marketing has also become very, very general. So it's uh, it's fun, but yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. Hopefully I get to focus more, more, more on that.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, please tell everyone what your URL is, where they can find Bluegrass Distillers and what social media outlets you're using these days as well.
1: Of course. So our website is bluegrassdistillers.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Bluegrass Distillers, Instagram at Bluegrass Distillers, and TikTok. If you are on TikTok, we mostly just post updates on the farm out there, Um, some fun videos. So that's also at Bluegrass Distillers. And you'll be able to follow along on our our move and our transition on the website too, that bluegrassdistillers.com. You can go to the tab distribution and you can see the states that we're distributed in. And there's also some online retailers that we work with that can ship to Most states, I think both between the two of them, they cover about 48 states. Um, So, yeah, check us out. Give us a try. Follow
0: along. Excellent. Maggie Young, thank you for spending some time with me today here on Business Ninjas. I wish you and yours and Bluegrass Distillers all the best in your exponential growth as as it comes to be in the near future.
1: Yeah, thank you, Andrew. I've enjoyed it.
0: My pleasure. Hey.